Thank you for tuning in to Sounding Out to the Nations, a podcast of Refiners Fire Ministries. This is international evangelist Ronnie Casillas here with you today. I'm so blessed uh, by the opportunity to share the word of the Lord with you. I have a message that I've titled The Blood of the Lamb of God from 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. The blood of the Lamb of God. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Purge out therefore the old laven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unlavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. You know, as I was thinking about this message, I was thinking on how can I introduce this message about the cross. The Passover is about the cross. The Passover was a was a foreshadow of the coming of Christ, dying on Calvary's cross some 4,000 years later or so. Um, it happened, and uh, it happened in such a powerful way that there have been more songs written about the blood of Jesus than any other topic in the world, uh, more sermons preached than any other sermon topic behind pulpits in America and even beyond. More paintings have been dedicated to the um, crucifixion of Jesus Christ than any other topic in this world. You see, we're talking about the Lamb of God, the blood of the Lamb of God without spot or blemish. The Lamb of God that was slain since before the foundation of the earth. No wonder John the Baptist said, Behold, attention, pay attention. Um, just play, pay close attention here. It was like saying, Verily, verily, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. You see, the, the day that Jesus shed His blood on Calvary's cross is the single most incredible, momentous day in the history of this world. This was Jesus' hour, His hour, His hour of glory. This hour was in focus from before the foundation of the world. This hour was in focus at the creation of the universe and man. This hour was in focus at the fall of Adam and Eve. God had His eye on this hour from the beginning of time. It was His hour of power, His hour of glory, and His hour of victory. Three things I want to talk to you today. Three things produced by the blood of Jesus. You know, I recently preached... uh, three-day revival that turned into eight-day revival in Bethany, Missouri. And uh, miracles and signs and wonders were released by the Lord upon that gathering of people and uh, saw many miracles, saw rotor cuff totally healed, um, saw people healed of diabetes instantly, heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, God is good. And one night I preached about the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. How it's still powerful enough to save and powerful enough to deliver a sinner or a saint. And uh, it was God's hour of power. And if you focus in on the blood of Jesus, 
Three things are produced by the blood. The first is the protection. Protection that was experienced by the children of Israel when they were living in the land of Egypt. And God brought them out with signs and wonders. In fact, he sent ten plagues upon the land. Ten plagues. He turned the water into blood. He released frogs uh, that covered the earth. Gnats or lice. Uh, which are pretty much uh, pests, um, were released upon the land and the people. And there was flies. One plague was the plague of flies. It covered all their food. It covered all their skin and their heads. And uh, But the children of Israel were, were safe from that. There was a plague of boils, the p- plague of thunder and hail that destroyed all the crop of Egypt. There was a plague of locusts, the plague of darkness, and then finally the death of the firstborn. And so there was the destruction of the economy of the nation of Egypt, the destruction also of the military of Egypt. And last of all was that great Passover, great Passover, um, That was the night in which God had promised through Moses to Pharaoh that if he would not release the children of Israel to go out into the wilderness to worship their God, then God would send uh, the plague of the death of the firstborn male in every family. Uh, And he gave gave the children of Israel uh, a command. He told them to take a lamb... Uh, to have it with them for a week in their house and to drain, uh, to uh, sever its head or just sever, cut its neck open um, to where it would bleed and drain the blood from the, from the lamb and then use the blood as paint to paint over the doorposts of the house. And as they were painting the doorposts of the house, those that obeyed God's command, those that are that operated in faith and obeyed God, you see, faith is displayed with obedience. And so they obeyed God, and they they took their hyssop, dipped it in blood, and then used the hyssop to paint the blood over the doorposts. And that night, the the um, the angel of death uh, swept through the through Egypt, and every house that was marked with the blood of the lamb was um, was spared. But the the homes of the um, peop the disobedient, uh, the firstborn male was slain, whether it was a child or it was an adult. If you were the firstborn male in your household, um, you were slain that night by the angel of death. It would consume you. And can you imagine living there waiting for that angel of death to pass over your house? You've painted the blood over the doorpost and you're wondering if everything is all right. If you did it the right way, if you're pleasing unto God, if you just... um, um, uh, made sure that you had covered every single portion. I imagine that I would have just saturated the doorposts of my house with blood to make sure 
that I didn't miss out on the salvation of the Lord that night. But there they were. And the blood of the Lamb provided protection for the children of Israel. And I'm so glad that the blood of Jesus is still able to protect us from every demon that's attached to your life or sent to destroy your house, household. God still is powerful enough to protect you by the blood of the Lamb of God. His name is Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today that there's protection in the name of Jesus. Protection in the name of Jesus. You see, He protects us from the plagues. He protects us from destruction of our economy. He protects us from destruction of our military, spiritual army that we have and that we're part of. He's careful to do that for our lives, folks, to keep us from being destroyed. He protects us. And today we are to place our faith on the Passover lamb. His name is Jesus, of course. We're to place our faith, and as we place our faith on him, we're protected. The devil can huff and he can puff, but he can't bring the house down when you're standing on the on, on your faith in the blood of the Lamb of God, the Lamb that was slain since before the foundation of the world, the Lamb without spot or blemish. Is it any wonder that John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Behold, focus your eyes, lock your eyes upon the Lamb of God. Keep your eyes on Him. As you keep your eyes on Him, you walk under the umbrella of protection that the Lord provides for us. I don't know about you, but that's reason enough to jump and dance and shout and praise the holy name of Jesus. He shed His blood on our behalf so that we could be protected from the forces of darkness. Amen? Hallelujah! The Lord is good, folks. The Lord is awesome. And so, the first thing produced by the blood is protection. The second thing that's produced by the blood of the Lamb is prediction. You see, there's this concept that I've heard many people say, don't worry about tomorrow because God is already in your tomorrow. See, this point here about prediction is going to prove that to us. You see, God ordained for the Lamb of God to be slain since before the foundation of the earth. First Peter one nineteen and verse twenty. That's it. First Peter one nineteen and verse twenty. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Verse twenty says, "Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world." but was manifest in these last times for you. God foreordained before the foundation of the world. In other words, before anything that is seen was made, God ordained for the Lamb of God to come to this earth, to be slain, to be sacrificed, And to pay the price for sin. Not just pay the price, but break sin's power from the life of the sinner and the saint. As he saves and sanctifies and delivers the Lamb of God. 
the Lamb of God. And so he was foreordained. In other words, God predicted that he was bringing a, um, uh, the Lamb to this earth. Now listen to this. Revelation 13.8 says, lamb, The Lamb that was slain since the foundation of the world. So not only was he prophesied about or predicted that he would come to this earth. Not only was he foreordained, uh, not only was he foreordained, but he was actually slain since the foundation of the world. Now that blows me away when I hear that, that the Lamb of God was slain since before the foundation of the earth. In other words, he was crucified, he was delivered unto death, he was slain. Since before any sinner had ever been born upon the earth, before any sinner had sinned his first sin, before sin entered into the world, the Lamb of God had already been slain. So you see, it didn't catch God by surprise that Adam and Eve sinned. He had it all taken care of. It was all set up by God. All set up that we should be protected. He predicted it and he made a way for us. You know, I have a verse that I'd like to read to you. First, um, in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. A beautiful verse. It sounds so poetical. In fact, we read over it and we, we fail to catch its meaning. But Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be wo as wool. So the Lord says to us that though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. In other words, first he says, come let us reason together. In other words, come, let's talk about it. Let's resolve the issue and the tension that lies between you and I, between God and the sinner. Between God and the saint, bring your sin before God. Though it may be scarlet as scarlet, it shall be made white as snow. And then he says, though it be red as crimson, it shall be made as wool. You see, the word scarlet was speaking about a dye uh, that could not be washed away once it, once it was uh, placed upon a garment or a fabric. Uh, that would seep into the very being of the the very center of the fiber uh, of the garment, and so it could not be washed out. You could use all the bleach you want, want it. You could take it down to the river and scrub it and wash it and scrub it and wash it, uh, or use bleach or use another dye. It would not take out the red dye of the scarlet. The scarlet. And you know there is a scarlet theme throughout the Bible. It's the blood. The blood of the Lamb of God that was shed on our behalf. It's on every sacrifice. It's on every event. Um, you notice that there was a scarlet thread outside of Rahab's house or home or the home that was built on the walls of Jericho. Uh, it's in the life of Adam and Eve. It's in the life of Noah. And uh, sacrifices were given. And there was blood that was shed. 
And so there's a scarlet theme or scarlet thread running through all the pages of the Bible. And even in heaven, the Bible says that they sung a new song about the blood, about that they overcame him by the word of their testimony and the blood, the blood of the Lamb. It's throughout the Bible, folks, this theme. It's not an underlying theme. It's actually very evident to the beholder, to those that are searching for truth and those that are searching um, for the uh, manifestation of the benefits of knowing God upon our life. Those that study it in this way will begin to see uh, that God truly shed His blood so that we could walk in victory. Amen? And so, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, though, though they may be of the worst kind, then there, there are uh, degrees of sin, not in, our, not in God's eyes, but in ours there are. The effect sin has upon our life varies. For instance, if you're watching constantly watching pornography, it gets deep down in your soul. And you begin to act different, think different, see different. With the eye of your mind, you begin to see in a, uh, things from a per, promiscuous manner and, and perverted thinking. And, and it affects you different than, say, lying or gossip. Even though lying and gossip is a sin of the same degree, it affects us different. And so... There's pictures associated with pornography. There's, there's other sins uh, that affect you in this way, like alcoholism and drug addiction, and um, and 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 you you become like that sin, and it gets deep down on the inside of you, and it becomes a bondage, and you can't get free from it. And no matter what you try to do, it's there deep in the fabric of your garment, of your of your garment or your being. And you can't get away. You try to shake it loose. And it won't. It just won't. You need the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart and to change you from the inside out. Then there's that other type of sin that's from the outside in. And and uh, that one, he says, Though your sins be as crimson, they shall be... Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. That word crimson is speaking of another type of dye uh, that is just on the surface, doesn't get to the very center of the fabric. And so you can wash that away. You can pray that away. And, and, and it, you're not at a point uh, as the first one where you're bound with chains and burdens and um, it's just a sin you're battling against. And and so uh, you commit it here one day and you confess your sin and it's gone. Where the other one is not quite like that. The other one, uh, the sins of scarlet, those are deep-rooted sins that affect the way you think and the way you feel. And uh, before you know it, you've fallen into that type of sin again and you wonder why. Why does this keep happening to me? Because you've allowed that sin as scarlet to dwell in your life. And it's time for a miracle this morning. It's time to apply the blood of the Lamb of God. It's time to just uh, declare it over your life. It's time for you to make a proclamation that you're free 
According to the word of God, you've been set free from the bondage of sin. And I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb today. The doorposts of my heart are covered. The doorposts of my eyes are covered. The doorposts of my very being are covered by the blood of the Lamb of God. And if it protected the children of Israel from the evil one, it's going to protect me. It's time to proclaim that. It's time to accept that. It's time to stand up and just give Him praise and give Him honor. And so, the third thing produced by the blood of Jesus is a partition. You see, there was a great event at the cross of Calvary. In Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one, it says, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain in two, from top to bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. You see, there was this great event, the veil. The veil was rent from top to bottom. Now, Again, we read right over the scripture sometimes and fail to understand what God was telling us. You see, the veil before the most holy place was 40 cubits, which is 60 feet high and 20 feet wide. And of the thickness, it speaks of four inches or the palm of the of a hand. And all this was there before the the Holy of Holies and the Temple of Herod. And the veil was so heavy that it needed 300 priests to move the veil. That's what tradition tells us. The veil could not have been rent in two by an earthquake because it was too big, too thick, too heavy. Amen? I read somewhere where it stated that it would take not even two teams of horses facing in opposite directions, chained up to the veil, could rent, rend that veil torn. Two teams of horses could not pull the veil and tear it apart down the middle. There was a great event. Something awesome took place there at the cross of Jesus Christ. The very moment Jesus Christ was crucified, the veil was rent from top to bottom. It was, there was a great event, a great symbolism. It was rent from top to bottom, symbolizing that a new way had been made. It, it's symbolizing that we are all invited. Symbolizing that we're all welcome. It speaks of a great entrance by the blood of the Lamb. No more blood, blood of bulls and goats was required. No more sin or guilt. No more shame or pain. No more sickness or disease. Only by the blood of the Lamb. I said only by the blood of the Lamb could man be saved and washed. Amen. We have victory today. today. Hebrews 10.19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which has been consecrated to us through the veil that is his flesh. Let us draw near with a full assurance of faith. See, the testimony of the sanctuary is that every stripe that he bore upon his back, every drop of blood that fell to the ground beneath his feet, every blow he suffered at the hands of the Roman soldiers, every time he fell under the weight of the cross, oh, the testimony was the blood. 
The blood is powerful to save and to wash the sinner and the saint this day. Would you bow your heads with me today in closing? We're going to pray. Father, I just pray that you would touch my brothers and my sisters that are tuning in today. I pray you would bless them. I cover them today through my proclamation with the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, the same blood that saved Peter, Paul, and and others in the New Testament. The same blood that was able to bring Moses and the children of Israel out of Egypt. The same blood that that was preaching about back then is the blood that washes us white as snow. And today, Lord God, we place our faith upon the blood and trust in you and just sanctify ourselves according to the word of God. In Jesus' name, Lord, bless. Let your blessings fall upon us all today in Jesus' name as we sound out the word of the Lord to the nations of the earth. God bless you today. May the Lord keep you in the hollow of his hand.